Hello, everybody. Welcome to Feminine Divine Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, at Sam That Witch, and today I'm being joined by the summer rain. So if you hear some brown noise in the background, it's definitely the pouring rain outside right now. But anyways, the purpose of this episode is to teach you how to be hard on yourself. Being hard on yourself comes naturally for a lot of people, so I'm sure you're a little bit confused as to what I mean by this. But basically, I'm going to show you guys how you can take the energy of being hard on yourself and turn that into something more productive. Hopefully, this will change your perspective of being hard on yourself because rarely is being hard on yourself ever healthy. Constantly striving for perfection can lead to burnout, resentment, and depression. Now, this is not going to be like some cheesy, overdone self-help stuff or toxic positivity. I'm just going to teach you guys what has worked for me, tell you my credentials, and hopefully this will change your life a little bit. In astrology terms, I can just say that I have a Virgo moon, and you guys would understand what I mean when I say I have credentials. But the truth is, I am a very multi-talented person, and honestly, before I said that, it felt kind of cringe, so I had to say it with confidence because it is the truth. I did competitive figure skating starting at three years old for 16 years of my life, So I am a talented figure skater. I took years worth of fine art classes. So I am a very good painter. I would say definitely above average, definitely talented. I'm a gifted intuitive. I could read tarot cards like it's nobody's business. I've had so much great feedback with my accuracy from my clients when I did tarot card readings. This entire podcast is produced solely by me. I edit, record all by myself. I learned how to do digital art. I started dabbling in it and downloaded software just so I could be able to make the cover art for the podcast. If you notice, there is no intro music for my podcast because I am not musically gifted. I'll be the first person to admit that. But I would rather pick up a guitar and learn how to do some sick riffs before I would put anybody else's 99 cent stock music in front of my work. Obviously, being multi-talented or just talented has nothing to do with your worth or how deserving you are of anything as a person. I just said that to show you guys, I know what it's like to be hard on myself through all those things because I had to work to be good at them. Being multi-talented is definitely my favorite thing about myself, but that doesn't mean I'm a perfect person. I am not the first person you should come to for advice on romantic relationships. I do not have good experience in that area of life. I don't even focus on that area of life, to be honest. And I'm not really good with friendships. Clearly, you don't have to have a specific talent to be hard on yourself. We're all hard on ourselves in different aspects of life. This is not the movie Black Swan. But I was definitely hard on myself growing up with figure skating the most. Then probably my art and then probably my looks or my insecurities. I've been a pretty creative person my entire life, but I could never just pick up a pen and be able to draw as a kid like some people are able to do. So I started art in like high school. My sophomore year, naturally, I was terrible. My sketchbooks from that time are horrible. I don't even want to keep them for like improvements because I was 15 years old watching the people around me create masterpieces because they were gifted children and they had been doing this a lot longer than me. So I kind of felt like insecure in that way. Skip forward to senior year and I'm in the art room for about four hours of every day. I think I'm in like drawing four, painting three, whatever, all those classes under my belt, been practicing for a couple of years now, a few years. My teacher literally used to take my pieces of art and show them to the class because she couldn't believe that I did them myself because that's how much I had improved. 
you're supposed to learn drawing before you learn painting. So in drawing, I was just so discouraged that I wasn't able to get anything perfect after doing it time and time again. I was being very hard on myself. Quickly though, I learned that with things like art, you definitely have to let go of your perfectionist and you have to go with the flow. At first though, the perfectionist in me was like, okay, I'm drawing the same thing over and over again. How come I can't get it perfect? It didn't even occur to me that you have to listen to what your teacher is saying and apply it to what you are doing and learn from your mistakes rather than just try and try and try again until it's magically perfect. That is not how life works. Something that has always stuck with me when it comes to the fine arts and drawing and everything was the advice that you should not overdevelop one area of a complete work, which can also be like a weird metaphor for life, like you shouldn't overdevelop just one aspect of your life. Now I noticed with the gifted children, I'm talking the kids who could just pick up a pen and pull out some Picassos, the kids who could put together beautiful paintings in entry level art in high school. Those were the kids that would overdevelop one area of a project and they would also work the slowest. For example, these kids would spend hours perfecting a photorealistic portrait of a person, but by the time they were done with that, there was an empty background and they couldn't relay the proportions of the background to the person because they had focused so much on just getting the person done and putting all the detail into the person that they didn't even realize they couldn't get the background right because the person was like off center or two in the middle. Also, these naturally talented kids had always been able to draw. They never had to have anybody teach them how to do anything. So when we got to high school, like they didn't listen to the teacher. Like, why would they have to? They already knew what they were doing. And that didn't leave any room for improvements from them. By the time high school ended, I could pump out assignments that were just as good as the gifted children's, but mine were done on time. And the talented kids would spend months and go past the due date, trying to perfect everything. Now I'm gonna give examples of some ways we can be hard on ourselves and how we can turn that negativity into productivity, not necessarily positivity. Now, I'm sure a lot of my listeners can relate to this oddly specific scenario, but here it is. You're doing your makeup. You get to your eyeliner. You get to the winged eyeliner part. You do one eye. Comes out perfect. You do the other eye, and it's pointing in the other direction from the other wing, so they're not matching. You take off that wing with micellar water or makeup remover, whatever, and you fix your eyeshadow, then you go to redo the liner and it still looks bad. Then you do it again and it's like, okay, but it's not perfect. So you just kind of leave it because you've already done it like three or four times and you're over it at this point. And then you go out and you're just always in the back of your head. You're thinking about that one little line that's not perfect and you're feeling a little bit self-conscious. Now, in your head, your internal monologue might be telling you, I look terrible today, I couldn't get my eyeliner perfectly straight on one eye, I feel like people might be looking at me, I'm so bad at makeup, and this is just throwing off my whole look and making me look off today, I look horrible. Now, to make that productive, you can say in your head, it's not that big of a deal, no one is going to stare at my eyeliner and treat me differently because it's not perfect. I need to stop worrying about other people because... To be honest, nobody else gives a shit about the way my eyeliner looks. That is being hard on yourself, admitting that nobody cares about your eyeliner. Being easy on yourself would be like you admitting that, yeah, I look terrible today, but I'm allowed to 
look terrible for one night and go out and have fun. So you go out and have fun, and then the next day you look at pictures and you see what it looks like in the photos and you start feeling horrible immediately. And then this entire process just starts all over again the next time your makeup doesn't feel off to par. All right, that was just a silly little example of a tiny insecurity, but we can try it with something a little bit bigger. I know a lot of people struggle with back knee, so let's say it's a day at the beach and you have to wear a bikini, but your head is going to thoughts that are like, I look disgusting because I have back knee. My entire outfit is ruined because of my back knee. The people around me must think I'm gross. So yeah, our internal monologue is feeding us negativity and being hard on ourselves in an unproductive manner because what are we going to do? Instantly cure our back knee before we go to the beach? You are going to counter these thoughts with, there is nothing that I can do about it today. It is not going to affect my day unless I allow it to. Nobody cares. Nobody's staring. And if they do stare and look at me differently because I have back knee, they're a weirdo. It's not affecting them. I don't do that to other people. So why are people doing it to me? Nobody's looking. Nobody cares. So we took these negative thoughts that were originally being hard on ourselves and we slapped them with logical thoughts that allow us to ground ourselves and move on with our day. It's almost like being hard on your negative internal monologue with an outside critic. You have to step back from the situation, analyze it, and then come back to your negative thoughts. However, be careful of overthinking because dwelling tends to circle back towards negative thoughts again. So you really just have to find that balance. And I know it can be a little hard to be logical with yourself because it is hard to admit that sometimes nobody does care. So why do we care? Holding yourself accountable and practicing what you preach is a huge part of being hard on yourself in a more productive manner. For example... I know on TikTok, I see so many things that are so anti-recovery when it comes to things like anxiety or social anxiety, basically just telling people to give in and stop trying hard if they need to. Yes, sometimes this advice is needed and it's great, but if you're getting this constantly, it's unproductive, it's harmful, and it's enabling. Let's say your social anxiety has been acting up all week and it's consuming all of your thoughts and you've been trying so hard to fight it and you've been hard on yourself because you've been fighting it and it hasn't been working. So you decide that for the weekend, you are going to give it up. Just stay by yourself in your house for those two days. Let your thoughts run wild. Don't try to fight anything. Don't try and talk to anybody. But when the time Monday rolls around, you are going to get in your car and attempt to do all of the errands that you need to do. If Monday rolls around and you get in the car and even do half of the errands you're supposed to do, that is a win. You held yourself accountable. But if you do not when Monday rolls around, this will be so much easier for you to do this again in the future where you say, oh, I'm just going to do it on Monday, and then you don't. Oh, I'm just going to take a break for a little while, and then I'm going to stop fighting. Now you're nervous because you don't have any of your errands done, and you're building up these ideas even bigger in your head. So after that little period where you gave up and had to regroup, it's Monday morning. Before you get into that car, you're starting to have these thoughts that are like, I can't even function as a person. I'm so unworthy. I'm so undeserving of everything I have. I'm such a horrible person. I can't do the smallest of things. You are going to counter that, being hard on yourself in a negative way with, I need to go out because if I don't, I'm going to enable myself. It is now or never. I have to keep moving forward. I can't dwell on things and I need to get things done. 
From there, all you had to do was try again. Like I said, even if you only get a couple of things done, that is great. That is a win. Disclaimer, I would not use giving up altogether completely as a crutch. This is only something you should do a couple times if you're really desperate or if you really need to. A lot of us are constantly hard on ourselves for the past. We may dwell on an embarrassing incident that happened seven years ago in middle school that nobody can remember, or we may be constantly dwelling on why I stayed with this person who treated me so horribly. They put me through so much trauma. Why did I do that? I'm a horrible person for doing that to myself. Just start practicing this and see how easily a flip can switch in at least one aspect of your life. For example, you might just wake up one day and be like, I'm tired of this. I don't know why I'm putting myself through this any longer. It's done. It's over with. I need to move on. I need to stop having these thoughts. These are not productive. This is not getting me anywhere. How are you supposed to make room to heal for a new boyfriend if you're constantly worried about all the mistakes you made in your past relationship? There are genuinely people out there who will think of something embarrassing that happened to them in middle school every few months and lose a night of sleep over it. Okay, I get it. Okay, every once in a while, I get it. Like, we can lose sleep over something embarrassing that happened to us. But if this is frequent more than a few times, that's not good, babe. You definitely need to have a conversation with yourself. Why am I worried about people remembering something that happened to me like a decade ago? And why do I even think that people would remember that? Nobody's going to remember that. I'm sure I'm going to expose myself here just for fun. Um, I'm sure that nobody remembers the time in ninth grade I stood up and I had period blood all over my pants. Even if they do remember, that's fine because it was just a little mistake when I was learning how to like navigate through having a period when I was younger and they can laugh about it all they want. I talk to none of those people, but if I'm really going to expose myself, we're going to talk about the time I was around maybe like eight or nine and I was doing the ice show for skating and the theme was high school musical. I was in the high school musical group, but when I was younger, my mom would do my hair and I had really long hair and whenever she would do it, I would like scream at her when she would blow dry my hair. I don't know why it was her. Like, I don't know if she was rough or not or if I was just being dramatic, but I would like yell and scream at her for doing my hair. So she bought like a fake curly ponytail. So she put my hair in a bun and then she put the little ponytail around it and she thought that was good enough, but it was not. So I went out to skate, and it was the big ice show, like Sunday, the big one where everybody's family comes, and their grandparents come, and I was skating, doing my little routine, looking all done up with my hair, and just going about, and then I hear the audience laughing, but I'm still skating. Like, I'm talking hundreds of people. The audience is laughing, right? The spotlight goes to my hair on the ice. That fell off of my head as I was skating, and my teammates were around me laughing, and then I look over and see that on the ice, and I'm mortified. We all just keep going, and at the end, the spotlight is still on the hair, so somebody comes out and grabs it, and then, like, a coach backstage was, like, yelling about it or whatever. She was like, who did this? What happened to you guys? You have to make sure there's a million bobby pins on your head, and I'm out here feeling bad for it like it was my fault. It wasn't even my mom's fault either. She wasn't the perfect skater mom that everybody else's mom had tried to be, and she didn't know that it wasn't secure enough. I didn't know that it wasn't secure enough. Also, looking back as an adult, 
the coach who was lecturing us definitely needed to have better skills because she worked with children constantly. She wasn't even our coach for the ice show group. She was with another one that was also backstage and she had witnessed the whole thing. Plus, I've seen the same grown woman throw multiple temper tantrums and whine about the silliest of things. So if that's what she sees when she looks at me is that little girl who had her hair fly off in the middle of the program. I literally do not care. That's on her, not on me. I've grown so much as a person and it was a silly little mistake. Like, yeah, it's funny. Somebody even compared it to the octopus in hockey. So in Detroit, before the Red Wings game, they throw an octopus onto the ice for good luck. And somebody said that my hair looked like the octopus and that was like the joke of the whole night. But yeah, it is funny to look back on. Basically, the takeaway from this is just take those nasty little thoughts and turn them into productivity, turn them into growth, turn them into improvement, and apply it to your life. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time. Love you. Bye.